0: I'm Rick Bassman,
1: and I'm Amanda Kelly, and we're both cancer survivors, warriors, thrivers.
0: I was diagnosed at 16, stage 4, and given 6 months to live. Four major surgeries and three years of chemotherapy, hell later, I made it through. And for years afterwards, I was angry at the world. I was defeated, and although I wasn't dead, I felt like my life was over.
1: I traveled a bit of a different road. Diagnosed stage 2B with a grapefruit sized growth in my chest. Immediately, I saw the reason for what I was experiencing and the opportunity in it to become that person I always wanted to be the one who believes in herself wholly and who wanted to dedicate her life to helping others uncover that inner faith and resilience.
0: It took me a long time to understand that Amanda's way is not only the right way, the better way but when it comes right down to it, the only way.
1: Life is a beautiful and blessed gift. I believe that and feel that with every fiber of my being, and my mission is to help others to create that same gift for themselves. This gift is available to everyone who is ready to receive it.
0: Today, I'm healthier and I'm wealthier in mind, body, and spirit than I ever imagined possible. When challenges arise, things that once seemed insurmountable I now see them immediately as opportunities to become even stronger.
1: No matter what you are facing, you have that same strength inside of you. Together as the Cancer Warriors, we are here to lend whatever wisdom and experience we can.
0: To see your challenge as an opportunity, no matter what you're facing.
1: No matter how impossible it may seem. To help guide you to go from
0: from surviving
1: surviving to to thriving. thriving.
2: Please join Rick Bassman and Amanda Kelly for a new episode of the Cancer Warriors podcast every Friday right here on Podcast One. Also available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts.
0: Hey everybody, it's Rick Bassman here for another episode of the Cancer Warriors And I want to point out here that we are recording right now. And here's why this is so important. I screwed up. Now, I've been doing these podcasts for a couple of years now. I have amazing producers, John Pozarowski and Devin Nicholson. And now Amanda and I and the Cancer Warriors share these amazing producers together. But in getting a little too big for my britches recently, I'm like, guys, you may not always be available. So I need to learn for us to fly solo on these things. They're like heck go for it so in part of that early experimentation stage amanda and i book a guest that we're excited about his name is chuck keels and we get into this podcast and it's one of those things that just starts to go really well and then as it's moving it's like going better and better and every now and then like i don't know whatever you do if you if you play tennis if you uh if you do if you're an artist sometimes you feel like you're in the zone And man, Amanda and I were in the zone with Chuck. We finished this podcast and I call Amanda immediately. I'm like, I've done a couple hundred of these at least. And I never think they're very good at all. I never feel great about it when it's over. Every now and then I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. I call Amanda. I'm like, that is the single best podcast I've ever been a host or a co-host on.
1: And then I had to call
0: Chuck and tell him the same thing. Chuck, of course, said, "Well, why?" And I couldn't really articulate exactly why, other than it just felt like it hit on every cylinder. And then guess what? I screwed up. I forgot to hit record. So I was actually kind of afraid to tell Chuck and Amanda that this happened. So I called Chuck, and he like was so good humored about it. He's like, "Ah, oh, don't worry about it, man. Let's do it again." You know, as opposed to like, seriously, this guy's really busy. He's out doing a ton of amazing work with survivors, with people that are, that are striving to survive. And he's got a lot on his plate. And I kind of figured he'd be like, best case, it would be really, seriously? Okay, I guess we can do it again. But right away, he's like, don't worry about it, man. We got it. And then I was afraid to tell Amanda, who was also super cool about it. So All that being said, um, enough of me explaining what a dummy I am. I want to bring my amazing co-host back on, and we are, in a little bit after that, going to bring back this incredible guest, and we're going to try to recreate magic, not only recreate it, but even bring it up. And then afterwards, I think Amanda and I are going to tell you how we did. How's that? anyway without uh without further going on and on my incredible co-host who does such amazing work in this space amanda kelly
1: hey rick it's good to see you again and i'm so excited to bring chuck back on again
0: (laughs) i know i know oh my god um i mean what what to say did did you feel like when we got off of that one did you feel the same way that i did oh
1: yeah yeah, it just flowed and it was such an amazing conversation. Y'all, I cannot wait to bring Chuck back on because he has such an amazing story. But the best part is his energy. So, yes, let's go for expanding the magic this time.
0: <laughs> we'll do it. Well, we, we've set a high bar for ourselves now, mm-hmm. but I think we can jump over that bar. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to say to you real quickly and to Chuck, who I know who is listening to this off stage as they call it at the moment that I I feel personally blessed to have another hour with the two of you together because the both of you are like such bright lights in this world and anybody that gets to spend this time with you guys including our listeners always comes away better for it and benefits from it so thank you for that I feel Mm -hmm. like I want to say that
1: Thank you so much, and I can't wait to bring Chuck back on. <laughs>
0: well, would, would would you like to introduce our guest tonight, Amanda?
1: Uh, well, I, I don't, I don't even know what to say except let's bring on the magnificent Chuck Keels. He's got quite a story to share, and I'm not even going to pretend to know all of the the labels that I should be giving to him. So I'll let him do that. <laughs> oh,
0: no, no, no. Chuck, man, we set you up big time, dude. How are you?
2: You know what? Here's the honor is, um, I get another hour with you guys because I really, I really thought that the last podcast, the last chat that we had was, um, was, was. I mean, when you start one of these. Um, you, you know, a lot of times it matures into something that you really, um, wasn't expecting. And I, I think, I mean, I feel like that's what happened and it was, it was pretty magical, but I mean, I think that, I think the interesting thing about this is, um, you know, you people out there that are watching, you're, you're watching three miracle stories. You're watching three people that have overcome some huge odds, and I'm a stage 4 cancer survivor and now help other people through their cancer journey and I think because it's something that I do every day and something you guys talk about every day um it, it's 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 going to be even better it's going to be even better so I'm excited and I, and I appreciate you guys um you know, asking me to join you
0: again. Oh, man, of course. Thank you for including me in that trio there. Um, uh, on that note, because we all have these great stories, I, I have to do this. I just thought of it. I want to admit to everybody what we were doing before we went live. Amanda and Chuck and I were all, should we just show them? Or should we just tell them? What were we doing?
2: Just, just, I, I'm I'm embarrassed. I, I, I'm 58 years old. I've been through stage four cancer. I watched my body melt off of me and I'm back in the gym. I'm riding a bike. I'm probably, I'm probably getting in about a hundred miles a week on a bicycle. I'm kind of proud of myself. So, you know, I, I get in the gym a little bit and, you know, I gotta, I gotta, you know, make sure that, you know, I have that same presence in the gym that I did as a young man before cancer.
0: That That's fantastic. So, yes, what we were doing is we, we were doing bicep shots, uh, which I thought was great. Now, Amanda, I know, is a, a little, a, probably a little more modest than Chuck and I. So you're going to have <laughs> to believe me, folks, when I tell you that Amanda is ripped. All right? Was, okay, go. fine. I'll, I'll,
1: oh, I'll do it just for the proof.
0: He was like my I've
2: got
1: a little. I've got nice. a little.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> that is bad, I can do
1: push-ups. <laughs>
0: You guys, you know, I, you know, I didn't even think I was going to mention that. It just struck me in the moment. But you know what is cool about this is, as Chuck said, we've all been through some like stuff that would people people would probably typify as being pretty horrific, and like here we are goofing around, like flexing whatever muscles we have, and uh, it's just it's just a cool thing. It's an observation I wanted to make. I mean. Right. It's like we're think about where we were in our lives when we are, you know, at the bottom of our cancer journey. And I never thought that all these years later, I would get to hang out with two such fine folk who are just like out there killing it. Um, not only um, in their influence, but other people that are going through similar things to what we went through but people who are obviously like super vibrant and healthy and excelling at life. So again, just an observation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The better it gets, the better it gets. That's one of my mottos that I live by. So yeah, up the spiral, we continue to go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I love that. Um, Chuck, you know, it's like, I, I don't, we couldn't even try to replicate what we did last time. So let's just dive in and, Amanda, let's get Chuck's story as you set up before we came on live. Chuck, um, I know about you. We've been friends for a while now. Um, You and Amanda had a great uh, exchange on our last podcast. So Amanda knows about you as well now. But why don't you tell the folks out there who Chuck Keels is, what his story was relative to what we're doing here in the Cancer Warriors, and uh, what you're doing with your platform, Get Up and Live.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, um, there's so much going on now, and there's a lot of things that I could throw out there uh, coming from a cancer coach, um, you know, and and someone that started a foundation that's helping thousands of cancer people now, um, not just around the country, but around the world. Um, But I love for people to hear the story of how I even got into this. And I know that we all three of us have our own unique stories. And if you would ask me eight years ago, Um, if I would even even know anything about cancer or a cancer journey, I would have laughed. I would have absolutely laughed. But in 2015, uh, as a somebody, I actually had a landscaping business. I designed landscaping and swimming pools. Uh, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. So I worked all over the valley. And I I, I felt really good about that. I mean, it was cool because I I was born in Ohio, and I, I dealt with the snow, and I dealt with the cold, and I dealt with the gray skies for a long time and now I'm in Arizona designing landscaping and swimming pools so for this Ohio boy to be in someone's backyard you know 365 days a year it was a cool job and I wouldn't say I loved it but I definitely liked it but what I did know is I love the people. I love the people that I was around. And so what happened was I started getting tired, started getting achy, started having some health problems and couldn't figure out why. And I call, I call what I what I dealt with at the time, and it's pretty common, is is male mentality of I'll be okay tomorrow. You know, we, we always, you know, think I don't know what's going on right now, but I'll be okay tomorrow. And 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 maybe maybe in that comment. It's a reminder for anybody watching this to get your butt to the doctor, you know, to go get your checkups, to stay on top of things. Because when you catch things at early stages, um, it's it's a little easier to deal with. Um, but I wasn't that smart. I, I waited way too long. And when I finally drug myself into an ER um, I was diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer, and the and the reason why they said it was stage four was because started in my prostate, started growing in my prostate, and then it goes in, and it looks it goes to where it's fed, and it got into my bone marrow and lymph nodes, and the scans came back absolutely ridiculous. They do what they call a nuclear bone scan, and it came back that I had cancer in ninety percent of the bones in my body it's 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 a scary looking picture of 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 the my skeletal body and then black cancer all throughout. And at the point the doctor said, you know Chuck, this is just way beyond medical. Um, w- there's nothing we can do about it. We're gonna' we're, we're gonna we're gonna you know you've gotta go home, be at peace with your family and 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 I had to you know drive home, tell my two boys that were in high school what the doctor doctors had just diagnosed me with. And that night got a knock on the door and it was two hospice nurses. So I've got two hospice nurses in my living room. One of them had a tear in her eye and I'm looking at her and I'm like thinking it could not get any worse than this. You know, absolutely unbelievable. And um, so at the time I just thought I'm going to get my boys back to Ohio where I'm from so that I can I can, uh, you know, they'll have somebody take care of them once I melt away. And so what happens is we prepared for that journey across the country um, and on a Sunday morning, got up to uh, head to Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. And when I got up to go down the hall, something popped and I landed face down on the floor and I couldn't move. Not only could I not move because of the pain, I couldn't even get a good breath. You know how your diaphragm is affected when you breathe? I couldn't even get a good breath. And 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 nine one one was called. Eight firefighters got me um, onto a, a gurney, into an ambulance, into the closest hospital to where I was at at the time. And at that hospital, they said that popping sound you heard when you fell was your spine collapsed in two places. Oh, so I suffer a double compression fracture. It's that's the side that's the medical term for it. I call it a broken back. Um, and you can imagine when you're spine starts to crumble um, it's 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 collapsing into all the nerves and i'd never felt pain like this in my life and um so they started running scans and tests they came back and they surprised me because the first diagnosis across town at another hospital was stage 4 go home and be with your family there's nothing we can do at this hospital they said you know what we're looking at this we want to fight it and i was like wow man this 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 dead end just kind of made a turn and i said what's the plan and they said we're going to we're going to do two surgeries tomorrow we're going to stop your testosterone cuz it's feeding the cancer we're going to put your port in your chest and anybody's been around cancer knows what a port is if you haven't been around cancer it's a device that goes under the skin and there's a tube that goes into a major artery and that way when they go to give you your chemo they don't have to do it through an iv or anything they do it straight into this this port it makes life a little bit easier and they can even do blood tests and stuff through it. So stop the feeding of the cancer, put your port in and then the next day start chemo and killing the cancer. And that's your chance.
0: And no, I said, sorry, I want, to, I want to back up real quick for context sake from the time you first heard you have cancer up until this moment, how much time had gone by?
2: Uh, it's about three weeks
0: later. Wow, that's pretty yeah. overwhelming amount of stuff in such a short period of time. Holy and, cow!
2: And what, and what I didn't, what I didn't say, Rick, was that plan to go to Ohio was. You don't pack up your stuff if you've got three months to live. I I gave away everything I owned, everything I worked my tail off my entire life, you know, missing my kids' sport events and things like that because I had to finish a landscaping project to put more money in my bank account, to buy brown leather furniture, flat screen TVs. And when I was diagnosed and they said you were stage four, um, all of that material stuff absolutely meant nothing nothing to me. And I, I I gave it all away. I watched it drive off that week, happily. And so that was a, a, a big lesson in life right there. And
0: I, so while you do that, and I'm starting to interrupt again, but I really want people want this to sink in for a moment. You're a guy chilling out doing pools in a sunny backyard in Arizona it sounds like a nice life. And 21 days or so later, your spine is effed up I didn't say the word, Amanda. Yeah. I get points for that. Um, you're getting a port put in, which is no fun, even though he said it makes life easier. I've had it and it's B I B-I-T-C-H. Didn't say yeah. that either. Um, and I mean, you're in tremendous pain. You're stage four, you're in hospice, you're going in for chemotherapy. I mean, how, what does that do to a person in a three week period of time mentally and emotionally when Previously, you're out in the sun cleaning pools.
2: I mean, you guys can probably say a very similar story. Nobody plans for a cancer diagnosis. Nobody plans. It's it's a situation where, um, you know, you're thinking about it and you're, I've got my kids and I've got, you know, um, you know, it's one of these things where you may plan for your kid's graduation, a wedding, you know, you plan life like that. Nobody plans for a cancer diagnosis, and it's a head-spinning experience. It's what's going on, what's going to happen. Is this a short journey or long journey? You know, is this a short journey, meaning is this cancer thing for me going to be a sentence, or is it going to be a situation that I need to deal with in life? And so that's what I was trying to figure out through this few days of just like a ton of bricks being dropped on my head.
1: I love the way you put that. Is this a sentence or is it a situation? And I feel like, you know, that's a big choice point for a lot of people. A lot of people don't feel like they have a choice, but I feel like we always are given a choice as to how we view a situation. And I just really like the way that you put that because it almost – I don't know like a sentence or a situation like if we choose that it's a situation that we can overcome against the odds like it just puts the power back in our hands a little bit you know so absolutely
2: you know that that is something that i love to talk about now especially when i get a call from someone that was just diagnosed in the last few days or last couple weeks Mm -hmm. and they're they're thinking it's it's a sentence and I remind them, it's a situation, not a sentence. What do you want to do with this? Having choices, having choices, and you know we think about choices in all these different things in life. How about a choice in your health journey? How about a choice with a cancer diagnosis and what Amanda said just now with something we can't just gloss over the power of the mind when it comes to things you know back in my old sales days if you can believe it, you can achieve it what mm-hmm. you know what about your health what you do you know that when you say uh, i'm going to i'm going to fight this i'm going to i'm going to live through this your brain starts sending out signals to every cell in your body
1: yeah
2: it's so powerful and so amazing yeah. But it's a it's a it's a head spinner. It's a, takes a little time to digest it. And if it's your married, it might be with a with a husband or wife, if it's kids, if it's neighbors, if it's whoever's around you that loves you, then um, you know, it's a situation that you all start talking about. So when I coach a cancer patient, I don't just coach the cancer thriver. I coach the cancer thriver and everybody that loves them. And all of a sudden they're all on the same team because they understand the journey. I've had cancer people say, I've got a lot of people around me, you know, loving on me and cleaning my house and bringing me food and, and, and spoiling me, but they don't understand cancer. And right then I knew I had to change the teaching and the coaching to, I'm not just coaching the one person going through it. If their family and loved ones and people that love them don't understand this journey, um, it's not a team working on it. And, it. and when it's a team working on it, it's a different journey. And say, okay, so say in, in that same sentence, say it's somebody that don't have a team. What about the person that. Okay. diagnosed that don't have a team? And that's 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 what I do now. I, I want them to call me. I want them to go to my website. I want them to find me through search, Google searches or a friend tells them about it. Or watching this amazing podcast right now and go, um, I've never heard of a cancer coach. What do they do? And if a cancer coach can coach you through your journey, and when I see somebody maybe smile going through this and go, okay, I'm 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 in. I'm 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 going to buy a juicer. I'm going to make some life changes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go after this. When you see that, you know that that's our purpose that's our passion. And so that's something that I get to see um, um, a lot, but man, does it suck being in the cancer industry? Does it, you know, really, really a big, you know, it's hard because of the fact that it is cancer and everybody you start the conversation with is freaking out and you talk them off the ledge 15 times you know it's not a one-time deal because the mind fluctuates you may talk to them that week and they're all kicking butt and you call them next week and they got a scan and the scan came back and the, and, and the doctor's uh, plan isn't working the way they thought it was going to work and they're all freaking out again and again and again and again so that's that's the job of a, of a, a cancer coach and somebody that loves on them um, is to keep continue to coach them in that direction Um, you know, of course, of course, my favorite one's going to be the ones that you call and they're like, I'm already juicing. I'm using essential oils. I'm using some herbs. I'm using vitamins. I'm going to yoga class. You, I love them because I don't have to coach them for three months to get there. Mm
0: -hmm. But,
2: but if it's my, if it's my job to coach somebody to get to that realm, then that's, that's what I'll do.
0: And and you're always like totally willing to do that in my experience with anybody and everybody. How do you how do you find the time?
2: Well, um, what happened was it actually went from just me loving on cancer people and coaching them and, and telling them you know what you know what to do tomorrow to get up and live and to have more energy and to getting that fighting mode. Um, it was it was a start, and then and then when it turned into a a, a nonprofit. We got a letter from the IRS that said, congratulations, you're a nonprofit. And I said, great. So now I can do this um, as a part-time job around my landscape design. And then eventually it grew into a place where I could do it. I I sold my business, retired from landscaping two years ago, and became a full-time cancer coach. And what happened was you bring in a board of directors, and... I don't. I'm. I'm not as business savvy as a lot of people are. So I got my buddies that are real successful that I've known since college, and I've known around the country. And I said, "Would well, you want to sit on the board?" And they're like, "Yeah, Chuck, we want to join the team." And so I have this board of directors, and we sit into a me a Zoom meeting, and um, I said, "I'm some days on the phone six, seven, eight hours with cancer patients, and it's exhausting." and they and this is early when the when the foundation first first started and they said Chuck what are you going to do in 6 months as this grows and i said I, I don't i i didn't think about that if you ask me about how to grow a um, landscaping business i can tell you all about that but i knew nothing about this and so the brainstorming began and we we developed a website you actually go to getupandlive.org and it has um, 60 coaching videos, three- to four-minute videos of all these things that you may face in your cancer journey. 16 of them are specifically catered towards breast cancer. Um, the other 40 are towards any type of cancer and all the things that you may be dealing with um, in that situation. And what that, what that program, the title of it is called the Cancer Roadmap Project And what the Cancer Roadmap Project became was something where instead of me being on the phone so often with one person, I would give them homework to go watch three, four, five, six videos, and then we'll talk in a few days. But if something comes up, um, you've got a question about something, you get a bad scan, you get a good scan. I want to hear from you. I want the good news also. I don't want to be just the guy that's there, you know, when, when the tough stuff's happening, I want to, I want a little bit of the love also. Um, so the cancer roadmap project and the, in the, in the content on the website became a huge coaching factor for me where I could now handle hundreds. And now in my fourth year of the foundation, thousands of people around the country, uh, finding this unique, you know, cancer foundation that loves on cancer people.
0: That, that's a brilliant design dude, so somebody can get into what you're doing at getupandlive.org, and they can be very proactive and really start on their journey without you having to be with them in person every second, but obviously you're, all, you're always there. Um, I've, never, I've never met anybody quite as accessible as you, and that's why you know, that, that's why I had to ask. Because I'm like, are there like a hundred Chuck Keels out there? Mm-hmm. How, how is he? Uh, how is he doing everything he does? So I just uh, pointing that out just to say it. That's all. The
2: crazy thing about it is, I keep thinking of other ways people can find us. And on the back of my RV, I put a little story about my cancer and a QR code. And now I'm getting calls from people driving behind me on the freeway. <laughs> awesome. It's fun. it's absolutely amazing. Uh, I'll I'll throw in a little story. Um, I get a call the other day, um, just three days ago. Um, My RV was parked right here outside of my house. And I live in a neighborhood that's in Phoenix, Arizona. And there's man-made waterways with ducks and turtles. and, And it's really, really pretty and really unique to be in the desert and have water in front of your house. And so everybody walks their dogs here. They come over and do their walks here. And um, so um, what happened was there was a, a family, mom and dad, and their 14-year-old son, and the 14-year-old son was diagnosed with cancer. And so they started researching, and they found, uh, uh, they found some kind of a medical uh, clinic in Scottsdale, Arizona. So they come here, and before they came, they dish out a boatload of money to this, to this cancer center. And when they got here, the cancer center wasn't the place for them. It wasn't, it wasn't the place for them. It wasn't a good fit and they didn't know that. And this, I I, to imagine someone would take someone's money when someone in their family is going through cancer blows my mind, but they, they took their money. They, they were, they were here. They were looking for seconds and thirds opinions, um, and all this. And they, they were staying in an Airbnb and they decided to go for a walk and, um, and and the mom and dad looked over, and their fourteen-year-old son was completely in tears. And they said, you know, hey Nehemiah, what's going on? What's, what's wrong? And he pointed, and he's pointing at the back of my RV. They're they're walking in my neighborhood. They see the RV. Uh, they find us, and they go, boy, we thought God sent us to Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona, for this specific specific medical place, but no, we came here, and now we we found you. So it's it's unbelievable. And just such a such a unbelievable warming experience um, now that we are growing to be available, like you said, to to answer the phone calls to to, you know, whatever it takes. I actually I needed a little getaway yesterday. I shot over to um, Lake Havasu. It's the Colorado River between California and Arizona. And I got over there, and I took my laptop, I took my phone, I was still working. And then I said, I'm going to sneak out and do a little kayak just out to the middle of the lake and back. Just my exercise, the sun, the air. And on the kayak, I answered the phone three times. (laughs) (laughs) I told people, they're like, where are you? And I'm like, you're not going to believe this. I'm in the middle of the lake um, and I'm on a kayak. And they're like, what are you doing answering the phone? But, um, but
0: you but you love it, man. Clearly you wouldn't have yeah. it any, any other way. And uh, cause I, I know I, I heard you mention a couple of times. Well, it's pretty hard. And what you do is hard. What Amanda does is hard. Um, I'm not as hands-on as the two of you, but I do quite a few myself and it's hard. But at the end of the day, and Chuck, you're like the epitome of this. I find it to be very fulfilling because we've been through it. And it's nice to be able to give some of our experience and hope to another, isn't it?
2: Yeah. You When you find a passion and purpose like this, and like I said, it sucks. It's hard. It's cancer. It's, it's a constant, you know, cheering people up and, okay, uh, you know, the follow-ups and the things like that. But, man, I don't think I've ever slept so good at night as what I do now.
0: Well, you're, you're giving people hope. And, you know, I think anyone that logs on to the Cancer Warriors, Amanda, is probably not doing it because they're seeking entertainment per se. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs>
0: that would be pretty weird, right? Um, <laughs> I, I, I would think they're logging on because they're looking for hope for themselves, for mm-hmm. a loved one, that sort of thing. And I want to back up a minute to something you were both talking about. You were both talking about choice. Now, the three of us have all been in pretty dark places, at least on the physical and and medical side of things. For myself, emotionally and mentally as well, because I was predisposed to not handle things that well. Um, Let's say somebody is diagnosed. And Chuck, you mentioned before they might have a support system, they might not. Let's say somebody is watching this podcast right now and they don't have a support system. And they've got a stage four diagnosis. Maybe some dummy doctor told them they have X amount of time to live. I not mean to impugn the whole medical system here, but I had to say it. Um, they're in bad shape. And this person is now, their buzzwords in their own head are things like, it's over for me. I'm going to die. There's nothing left. But they've logged on to this podcast. What choice can they make now?
2: Well, I mean, everybody's looking for direction. I think that's something huge that we do, you know, um, because I know what I went through when I was diagnosed, and I I couldn't find the navigation and the guidance after that. Here's your diagnosis. Here's your medical plan. We're sorry you're going through this, and then send you home. And I'm flipping out, and I'm looking, I'm searching, I'm searching all through the web looking for. Uh, a coach, a navigation nurse. I'm looking for somebody. I couldn't find them and that's why I became that. I, wanna, I I said I don't want other people to deal with what I dealt with. So I became that next door, that next place you should go when you leave your doctor's office. and and, and what I tell people also is you need to have two plans. I don't have a medical background. I can say get a second opinion. I can say get on good support sites and learn more about your diagnosis and ask your doctor very tough questions. And that's as much as I do over on the medical side. Okay, so the uh, your medical plan and the other plan is your personal fight plan. Now we're rolling. Let's talk about your personal fight plan because that's what I specialize in. That's what I do um, and that's what I did for myself. Hey, you know, this is kind of funny. It's not funny, but... I mean, I was going to the gym, even though my body had melted off of me. And I went from, you know, going in and putting the pin under the entire stack to going in and putting the pin under one plate and making myself go. And I, some days I was like, this is silly. You know, you, you've lost so much strength and, and you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And But I made myself go and I, and I was like, hey, you're here. You're here. You know, I did the same thing in the pool, stretching and swimming laps, going to the park and walking a mile. I pushed myself through all these things at the time, and I did it really for me to try to get my strength back, not knowing that I was going to be coaching people these things now from a point of experience, from a point of strength. I've been there. I've done this, and this is what we, we're going to do together. Um, and so when the person is diagnosed and their head's spinning and someone who goes, um, you ever heard of, um, they always say, get up and live, even though it's, it's living hope cancer foundation. Uh, that's what it is on the paperwork, but everybody loves the the words, get up and live. I love it so much. I got it tattooed on my body. Um, I, I actually, I patented the words I own, get up and live. It's, it's just something I just thought in the future, I might want to do that. Um, But they go to the website, and they see the material there, and they're still a little confused, and right at the bottom is my email, and they drop me an email, and the first email I get from them, I drop back my phone number. I want to talk. I want a one-on-one conference with you. That way, they're all of a sudden like, wow, wow, you know, my doctor didn't tell me any of these things. Well, your doctor never went through cancer. So – That's, that's, that's why we take our experiences and put them out there to help other people. And it came from the choices that we made then and the choices that we're making now. And, and, and can you go through a mess and some really hard stuff, find the blessings, find the beauty in it, and then say, you know what? I solved this problem. How many people are going through this? How many people can I turn around and teach the same thing to and help them out while while they're going through their journey?
0: That, that's beautiful. Amanda, same question to you. You've got <laughs> someone that's logged on here now, and they think in their mind that it's all over, yet there must be some glimmer of hope because they're logged on. And you know, you've got their attention now. What, what do you say to this person?
1: Well, if you're still here, there is hope. <laughs> Number one, and hope is powerful because it opens up possibility. It opens up an opportunity that you might not have realized was there in the first place. But sometimes you have to latch on to that 0.01% chance possibility that you are still here taking a breath right now. And as soon as you begin to shift that mindset, you begin to shift your energy, you begin to shift your emotion, your chemical makeup in your body, and it's starting to shift the signal patterns that are ultimately creating the resonance within that impacts how your cells are operating, which is ultimately what all health is about. So I just got way more technical than I intended to there. And that is not a perfect biological explanation, but essentially it's all connected. So as soon as you start shifting into the gear of hopium, then then you're already shifting your reality. And if you can find a moment to be grateful for the fact that you might have found this podcast, this very episode with this amazing guest who is sharing a very powerful story of going against all the odds, you're already being guided in the right direction. If you're already entertaining the possibility of what if there is some other option available for me, you're already being guided in the right direction. So keep allowing yourself to take that next step and do the bare minimum if that's all you can do. But doing that bare minimum is sending your body signals. It's sending your brain signals that you're ready to actually Live that you're ready to actually choose life again. It's that choice point. So you know, Chuck was saying, you know, he lost all his strength. And when I was going through my my stuff, like I was in the hospital for four days at a time, and I couldn't leave the uh, the unit. So one example of something I did was I got up, I took my IV pole because I was in continual infusion for 24 hours at a time, and I just did laps around the oncology unit i just kept going around and around in circles and sometimes it was faster sometimes it was slower sometimes i would put my legs up on the windowsill at the end of the hall and stretch my legs and i would stand up when i was inside my room and type away on my blog and you know i would just i would do what i can and when i was exhausted I would prop my pillow up just a little or move the little bed up and I would meditate practically lying down. But I would make myself, you know, make myself, I would make myself meditate, which would end in a gratitude, prayer, thank you, universe, visualization of me being healthy, right? So as low as I felt, I would still do the things. I would still do that bare minimum of showing up because I knew I had to survive and there, I didn't give myself another option. So when you when you do the flip of what most of the doctors say, they they give you only a tiny amount of time to live. If you give yourself the possibility of a full life just by making those tiny choices day in day out, that can change everything you can become that miracle yourself we are all walking miracles because we're alive already so choose to be the miracle and that's that's the the choice that we get to make in every moment does that make sense, <laughs> that, make
0: sense. that was like so incredibly well said and there was so much good advice in, in what you just said so yes it, 100% makes sense. You know, I think it's important for people watching this to, to remember this. You're looking at three people right now, Amanda, Chuck, and myself, who are all pretty darn good moods right now and pretty good places in our life. And you may not be at that place. Remember right now, looking at the screen, you're looking at three people who are at death's door. Um, now, I, I can't speak in Chuck's or Amanda's voice. I can tell you I was very fatalistic about it. Um, it took a lot of work for me to come out the other side. Um, you know, my advice and, and Amanda, you, I can't really say anything. You didn't, it was so well done. And Chuck, you as well. What I got from you, Amanda is like, you're telling them do something mm-hmm. whatever that might be. And if you feel like you're out of hope, here's what I do with myself. If I find my thoughts going in the wrong direction, I have a thing I do internally. I tell myself, stop. And I like, I see that word stop with an exclamation point. Stop. Let's turn this. And what can you do? I mean, like, what if they can't do a lap yet? They will. They'll get to that point. It's like, don't log on and watch the news. Don't go look at murder and mayhem on television, right? There's a website called the Good News Network. Go to that instead. Um, Search something positive, inspiration.
1: Mm-hmm. Watch a-, a comedy, the laughter, it boots, boosts the good chemicals, yeah.
0: Make a choice to do something positive, yes. and And you'll be amazed once you make that first choice, how quickly you can start to compound and build on that. Mm-hmm. And a challenge I would give to everybody out there that's watching, it's like I love talking with people now that are going through it. I mean, that sounds kind of weird to say, I know that. But it's amazing to be able to help somebody out and to inspire. So anybody, I mean, Amanda, I can't imagine you would have thought when you were lying in the hospital going through the worst of it, Chuck, when you were given your death sentence, that you guys thought you'd be doing this one day. So anybody that's out there going through it, this can be a challenge to attain the biggest victory in your life. You haven't even imagined what this can mean for you when you come through it. I think that's important to, to think that way.
2: Yeah. I, I, you know what I love, I love about doing this with you guys is every time we talk, I learn more and more about you guys and Amanda, I'm not kidding you. I just got the willies when I heard your, what you were saying about your personal journey, because I was the same guy. I had (laughs) an IV pull with all my fluids and stuff dragging it around the hospital floor. There was a scale at the end of the hospital floor. I got on it. It was down 38 pounds. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And then I got the, the IV got taken out and I actually, um, I actually opened the fire escape door and went down the flight of steps and back up. <laughs> and and then they moved me from the hospital. I was at where the surgery happened over to the Mayo clinic and at the mail clinic, I was in an area where they had all the medical help and everything, but you also had a laundry room and some things of your own, so it kind of felt more like a, more like a home. And I'm not kidding you. I said I'm going to walk down the hall and put some laundry in. I dropped a sock, and my legs were so weak I couldn't hardly get it. I remember the focus and how hard it was to get down and pick up a stupid sock and stand back up because I was so weak. So when you just told that story about dragging (laughs) the IV pole, I was like, man, I was, I was right there. I was Mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There you go, folks. Anybody listening in sometimes, sometimes all you have to do is just as as much as you can do. You know, I keep thinking about um, this talk that I saw. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Greg Braden but he's done a lot of research into heart coherence and there was this this episode where they were going around to the people who in the world who had lived the longest, they were the oldest people in the world. And they were asking them their secrets. Like, what is their diet? What is that? And really what they found is the people who had the most love in their life and love can look like a lot of different things. um, But they felt part of a community. So that is important finding somebody who can guide you at the very least like chalk is very important but i do want to just add this one little thing in this woman who was very very old he asked her like what exercise he's like do you exercise she goes oh yes every day and he she goes what do you do and she did this (laughs) She's like, I do that like 10 times and that was your exercise.
0: That's great. Sometimes that's all you can do. That's great.
1: Yeah. And so my point is sometimes we like, it's that tiny thing. Can you at least do this as you're lying in your hospital bed or you're sitting down? Yes. Can you sit up and focus on your breath and calming your system for 60 seconds, start there, you know, just like the little thing, the little thing. And then as uh, I forget who said it, but you compound it. Yes, exactly.
0: I love that, Amanda, because, yeah, not and it's great. You guys do what you did, but not everybody can even do the lap of the floor in the early stages. So you guys are making such good points. You're 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 telling everybody that they can do something to move to the next step, which then will move them to the next step and so on and so forth.
2: I'll I'll even start people out, um, going into their living room, turning on their smart TV, go on YouTube and type in a controlled breathing class, mm-hmm. or, nice. or 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 a stretching class for beginners, or a sound healing class. Nice. So if they start there, and you're not going to tell somebody that just had surgery from their cancer that they're going to you know go to a yoga class. Mm-mm. But they may get to the yoga class in three more months.
0: Nice. Yep. And you build start, up to it because start you're doing, doing you know, something, suggesting.
2: something that I wanted to bring up that I think is important also for people watching the podcast, guys. And that's something that I call the new normal. And that new normal really starts like right at the time of the diagnosis because – Things aren't going to be like they used to be. And then if you went through things like we did, when your body breaks down, falls apart, loses weight, um, surgeries, whatever it may be, then there's a big time new normal. And what I teach people about that new normal right away is it's okay. It's okay to find your new normal. Um, You may not, you know go to the gym and lift the entire stack like you used to, but you're at the gym and to find that appreciation for being there, um, you might get back to where you're, you know, back, you know, lifting more than you did going through your cancer journey Um, or, 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 you know, the new normal, a lot of times is I went through this cancer journey and this, this, this scare and, and it became a big teaching point in my life of, Hey, I just got, I just got, you know, freaked out by a cancer diagnosis. And I'm starting to think, have I accomplished the things that I want to accomplish in life? Am I doing the things that I really want to do? And a cancer diagnosis is is something that will wake that up. And so in that thought is when I'm talking to people and and they're going through their journey, um, they'll, they'll say, you know, I don't know if I want to go back to that job that I just really didn't like and was not happy with my boss or whatever it may be. And the new normal starts right now.
0: Mm -hmm. It's like so amazingly said, and it's so smart. It's like, you know, somebody watching this that's newly diagnosed may want to punch me in the face for the following. But I would say that whatever you've just learned, things happen for a reason. And I think Chuck just explained exactly why. I can look at back at every of the numerous what I would call disasters in my life and know exactly why that happened now and something better came of it. If I did not have stage four cancer and go through what I went through, I wouldn't know Amanda Kelly and Chuck Keels. Wouldn't be <laughs> doing this podcast. So, I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's a reason for it and there's a better reason. Grow,
2: we grow in the toughest things in life. You don't, you know, if you, if, you get a, if you get a cushy life, you know, you're probably not going through a lot of personal growth, but boy, when you hit the valleys in life and when you hit the skids and the toughest places in life, Um, that that's when the growth happens. And so, you know, I, I, when I see a challenge coming my way, I, I take it head on, you know, I I, I'm going through one right now, uh, because a beautiful young lady that I met with stage four breast cancer,
0: I want to do this. And if you don't mind, I'm so sorry, this is important. I want to stage this up for you. And, and this is important. If I think of people are watching you right now, I think people would just, I think people would describe you with adjectives like upbeat, positive um successful in what you're doing with your foundation um happy-go-lucky even and that that's how I know you I mean I've never had a conversation with you when you didn't embody all of those descriptives right there and not long first of all I mean you went through a major life changer a few months ago and that's where you were going and I, I feel sorry for the interruption but I, I really want to stage this up and Get people to understand that this guy in front of you right now, Chuck Keels, this positive, upbeat, happy-go-lucky, successful guy came recently through some of the biggest shit anybody could ever possibly go through. And we're talking past your stage four diagnosis and all the horrific stuff that you dealt with connected to that. Get up and live. You came through what you came through, and you started this organization that's becoming this, like, amazingly great, influential organization. But you didn't build it by yourself. You had a partner, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I actually was introduced to a beautiful young lady. Uh, My cousin introduced us, um, and uh, she had stage four breast cancer at that time. And so she she came into my life in the coffee conversations about, you know, cancer, life, being single parents, even our faith, Um, we just looked at each other and I was like, I, I, I don't quite understand what's happening here, but I absolutely, we both, we felt, we fell in love. We got married. We honeymooned in Oceanside, California in the sun and her little nose got tanned up and I was just like, wow, you know, just beautiful. And then the other part of the, of the honeymoon was in, um, um, uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. So we went from, um, 85 degrees on the beach in California to, um, um, 30 degrees and a foot of snow on the, on the front porch of the Airbnb. So it was so fun to go from one to the other together. And then when we got home, she seen the conference, all the calls that were coming in. And at that time, like I said, I'm just taking calls because they're like, what did you do for this? What did you do for that? And she said, I think we need to start a foundation. So we got married, we started Living Hope Cancer Foundation. Uh, We authored three books together. You guys want to hear something really funny? I don't even like to read, and I'm a published author now. It's (laughs) like, what just happened in my life? You know, it's such a head spinning experience. But we authored three books. Uh, We started speaking on stage all over the country. And as the foundation was just exploding around us um, and doing some amazing things, um, also Hannah was dealing with her. Um cancer journey of surgeries, of broken bones, of a treatment that's not working, and you know, switching treatments. Uh, I, I I actually sat her in the down in the kitchen and with clumps of hair falling out, shaved her head two different times. And so we went through this unbelievable journey of of unconditional love, a beautiful relationship. Um, some say it was a divine relationship. You know, this thing was completely orchestrated by God. And um, last November, I lost Hannah. And the reason why I was uh, kayaking yesterday was because it was her birthday. And it's one of those things that, you know, it's 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 one of those things where just like we're talking about, what choices are you going to make? If I went and I if I went and I stayed in bed and pulled the covers over my head, I have hundreds of people around me saying, "You do that, dude. You deserve that." You I would I would hide in that bed for 4 months. I have that choice to make, but my choice is to keep inspiring people, keep loving on people. And I got I'll, I'll tell you guys the truth. There's two things in life that I never ever wanted to do. I did I never wanted to go through a cancer journey and then coach cancer people. And it turned into my, my passion and my purpose. And I would never, ever imagine that I would be coaching people that have lost a loved one. And now I'm doing that also now too. And it's just, um, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge every day to get my feet out of that bed and to get moving. But, you know, if I coach people to get up and live, I want to be that person that's leading the way. I want to they're like this dude is doing this through this crazy stuff in his life and he's getting up and living and he's finding a way to smile, laugh, love, cry, hug people, whatever it may be. And I'm I'm hoping that the other people around me watching this can, can do the same thing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's like. It's like the, the way, the way you explain it, you're, you're like, you're telling, you're telling a story and it's, it's a hell of a story. And I remember, I mean, I know how close you and Hannah were. I saw that relationship. And I think when you say divine relationship, that's a pretty damn good description. And then I see her going through what she's going through because as part of your work with your foundation, uh, you didn't hide it. You made it public. And, you know, I ascribed adjectives to you a few minutes ago. If I had to ascribe one adjective to Hannah during this journey, her journey, it would be inspirational. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching this and, you know, if you have to compare whose who's cancer is worse, who has the worst symptoms, she was a 10 out of 10, ben, the stuff yeah. that she was going through. And I saw the way that you and she were handling that and it was like the diametric opposite of the poor me syndrome. I mean, you guys were, I mean, it. your private moments, I don't even want to delve into that because um, you need to have a time when you have those private moments. But every time I saw you doing the positivity, it resonated to me as being incredibly genuine. And I, I don't have a question here. It's just, I just wanted to, to say that, hats off to you and and to hannah god love her um for the journey you went through together how she handled it how you and she handled it together and and god love you for where you are now so soon after and doing what you're doing with the spirit that you're doing it in so i just wanted to give you props for
2: that i appreciate it it's it's not easy um I, I've got pretty good at when I'm in public and doing stuff with you guys or speaking on stage. I got pretty good at talking about it and then get in my car and drive home and cry all the way home. <laughs> so I'm the biggest baby in the world and it's it's a tough one. And, and, and another reason why it's a tough one was because Hannah was a rock star. You know, she, 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 she walked in a room and lit up the whole room. People were attracted to her because of her energy. Um, I'm I'm standing on stage next to her. We're doing speaking events. And I remember three times I took two steps back and I'm standing there watching. Her and I'm like, that's my wife. She is a rock star. And, and, and one of the things that, um, that I really appreciate and love is when you go on and watch the coaching videos, that's Hannah she's still inspiring people. She's not sitting here next to me, but spiritually she's all around me, Mm -hmm. but man, she's still inspiring people in such a way. And I get the comments that I watched your wife's breast cancer videos and it's helping me get through this journey. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, her, her, her purpose in life. And if I could live like Hannah and Hannah, when she was going through the cancer, couldn't take strong pain meds, because she would get nauseated. She went through surgeries and broken bones on Tylenol. She was the toughest, not just toughest woman, toughest person I've ever seen in my life. And in and, 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 and the last few days of her life, had a smile on her face. And I said, man, if I could live like Hannah and die like Hannah, I would be a happy guy.
1: You know, the phrase that kept coming to mind as you were talking about Hannah, who I did not have the fortune of meeting, but I can feel her presence. And the phrase that just keeps coming through is larger than life. And it's, she's just, I can feel her beauty and her love and her peace just coming through and radiating through you and all that you're doing now. And that's the essence of what she is inspiring us all to do is to get up and live, right? And I just, I thank you so much for sharing everything that you both have been through and just to continue to show up and do the work. And you know the phrase, and it, we might have talked about this in the last one, but another phrase that came through a little while ago was this crisis Turning it, flipping it into opportunity. And sometimes it's exactly what we need to get us on track. It's like if we get a diagnosis like this, dis ease, disease is dis ease. There's something not working, there's something not in alignment. And that could be layers of anything in our life, it could be all of the things in our life. So, you're walking the walk. This is what I love about you is that you're just, you're sharing with people everything that you have done and that you still do today. So I just wanted to highlight that point because these are just ideas that have been coming through as I've been listening to you speak again, and it's just as inspiring this time around. So yeah it's just it's an incredible story and it's a story that's still unfolding so yeah i just want to thank you and to everybody listening pay attention because this guy's got the
2: secret sauce. <laughs> and you guys, I, I want to, I have to add something else because of, I don't want people to be like, this is a big, sad, bummer story because there were so many lessons that I learned from Hannah.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and, and, <sighs> and even, even in what the journey she went through, there's so many lessons I learned. And I, I, I don't want to, we'll have another podcast sometime and get into, um, you know, um, chemotherapy, radiation compared to alternative things out there and positive mindset and prayer and meditation. We'll get into that some other time because it's a whole podcast in itself. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is, um, a couple weeks after she passed away, I had lunch with a buddy of mine. That's a, that's a, that's a, um, a surgeon, a doctor and a surgeon from Huntington beach, California. And he says, Chuck, um, Hannah, didn't die of cancer. She died from the side effects from her radiation. Her body couldn't handle the radiation and it her body started shutting down. And what if, what if cancer have taken her life eventually? I don't know. She was kicking butt, man. She was smiling. She was jamming. She was following my silly ass across the country. I rode a bike from San Diego to, 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 to Florida and she drove an RV behind me, you know, a girl was stage four cancer. I don't know if cancer would have took her life eventually or not. But a doctor told me that she did not die of cancer. She died of side effects from treatment. So the lesson in that is know your body. Know your body. If you get a if you go to see a doctor and this is your medical plan and you start through it and in three, two, three, four weeks, you're you're in more pain and you're having more problem and side effects from the treatment. Step back and reevaluate the situation because there are some amazing things out there in the natural and the alternative medication field now that I'm seeing. Tumors shrinking and people. I I know I got a handful of people who decided not to get a chemo, not to get radiation. It's not my job to give people advice to do that. I'm just telling you a story, and they are cancer free now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Chuck, you 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 know you're absolutely right. And as you said, that's a podcast for another day for sure, or yeah. or several. Because folks, yeah. as you continue to hopefully log on to the the uh, cancer warriors you'll see that my co-host Amanda Kelly is quite expert in, in, in this regard. So they're they're Yeah, absolutely. Chuck. Um, I was talking to a friend, a mutual friend, actually, who I introduced you to not long ago. And I said to him, when I, when I had my deal, I had four major surgeries and three years of very intensive inpatient chemo. And I said, I would take a major surgery where I'm cut from waist to neck, any day over a round of chemotherapy. So yeah, man, i I but that it's a subject for a different day. I, I, I want to go back to what Amanda was saying. Dude, you're you're an inspiration. Um I I aspire to live the the life that you're living with the mentality that you live it with. What 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 is in Chuck Keel's future? What do you what do you hope to do with the with the rest of your life, Chuck?
2: Well, the foundation's growing um and more people are get, becoming aware of it. I'm getting phone calls now from places and people I I can't even believe. I'm like pinching myself. And these are bi- just much bigger platforms so more people know who we are and what we do. So, you know, really my focus and this has been part of the last week of Hannah's birthday was you know, man, this is exhausting, and and maybe you should uh just keep it small and keep it easy to do, and 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 it's not so e- it's not so hard to manage it. And in my own meditation and prayer time, I got a message, a download that said, um, "Hannah, start to help you start this foundation. She was the co-founder of Living Hope Cancer Foundation. Build it to honor her."
0: Yeah. So onwards and upwards, then, and we can all expect to, uh, to see and hear a lot more about you, I hope.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I, I really feel like it's a baby. It's only four, four years old. Um, I, I, I think, I, you know, I would love someday for uh, Living Hope Cancer Foundation to be a household word so people know, you know, what to do after the diagnosis, and and I and I hope also that I'm 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 in with some doctors and with some beautiful people that are teachers, leaders, coaches. I I I I would love that this this realm that we're in here, like people like us, um, are a huge um, a solution to this whole cancer fight because it's kind of outrunning the medical industry, and I think we need to find some other answers.
1: I 100% agree. I, I cannot wait for that next conversation. <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll, we'll have it soon for sure, man. This, this hour plus flew by. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for your good humor and being cool about doing this again. I really appreciate that. And um, Actually, I lied. It, it did record perfectly. I just wanted more time with the two of you.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, just bring the dogs over and come over over on the weekend you, you can hang out anytime
0: <laughs> yes and likewise you always have a place here and i think you know that as well if you're if you find yourself in cali um Absolutely. chuck so great to see you man as always and uh thank you and uh, and bless you man
2: Absolutely. Like I said, you know, go to getupandlive.org. You can see all the content and there's a lot of stuff. Media been on the news, been on a show called the 700 Club talking about my journey through cancer. Um, and, and on the bottom of, of the website is my email. And if you want to chat, if you want to talk cancer, if you want to talk, get up and live. Um, I probably shouldn't say this too, too loud, but I'm getting people calling after car accidents because of the change in their life. People that have had strokes. It's 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 a lot of trauma coaching, mm-hmm. um, but you know I I feel like it's a the cancer industry is such a big industry that that's where re- I really want to focus my time.
0: Well, man, keep doing the great work you're doing, man. It's it, it's appreciated by I know by the two of us certainly and by so so right. many others. Yeah. Well, great to see you, my friend.
1: Yeah, great to see you, you
0: so guys
2: much. again.
0: Again. again. Okay.
1: Such a pleasure again. <laughs>
0: See you soon, my friend. Thank you, God bless. Good night, man. Bye bye. Wow, Amanda, we did it again.
1: We did it again.
0: (laughs) uh, I want to ask about your your takeaways from that. Mine is it keeps coming back. Is that there's always a choice, and that Mm -hmm. choice can bring hope.
1: Mm Hmm. Yeah, yeah, choice points were definitely the theme for the conversation today and I mean, yeah, walking the walk and just living life, that that's what I love about Chuck and and it's just such a poignant reminder that we only have the now we only have the moment and so are we choosing to live now are we choosing to live today cuz the truth is cancer or not none of us are guaranteed tomorrow it's you know might sound a little trite because you know people say that all the time but it's deeply
0: true it's it's not trite it's truth absolutely yeah Without question. We
1: never know. So get up and live. I mean, really, that's what it's about. So it, whether it cancer or not, it's such a good reminder. Most of us just caught, get caught up in the monotony of the matrix and we just you know, go through the motions and we're not present. So it's not even just for when we're going through crisis. It's such a poignant reminder that life is happening right now. So, yeah, I just, I, yeah, Chuck is just such a bright light and I really love having him on. So, yeah, yeah. Me, me
0: too. He, He's great. And I know two people at least who embody all those qualities that you're describing. Um, Chuck is one at uh, getupandlive.org. Mm-hmm. People can go check it out, support what he's doing, follow the journey. Then another I know is Amanda Kelly and this <laughs> art called life.com. And I want to <laughs> encourage everybody here. To, uh, to check out Amanda online on her website, on socials, beginning with uh, this art called life.com. Is that correct?
1: That, that's correct, hey, yes. Right.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, that was the blog I started two months before I was diagnosed with cancer, so I didn't know. And then it evolved. Yeah, it's just crazy evolution. <laughs> you
0: were already preordaining this This mm-hmm. Like part season.
1: of me knew already. <laughs>
0: oh, well, man, Amanda, great to see you as always. Um, Chuck Keels, if you're out there listening, you're an amazing, dude. Getupandlive.org. And my dear friend and co host, Amanda Kelly, look forward to seeing you next week.
1: Yes, you too, Rick. Onward and upward and love and light.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Have a good night, everybody.